Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name's Sammy James. Welcome to the show. And today we are back in front of a live audience here at the Half Moon Putney. All right, today we're going to look back at the game against Leicester City. 5-3. What the hell was that? Uh, in part two, George Cooper and his panel and a special guest, Reese Parkinson, are going to be answering some questions from our lovely audience here and just generally looking back at what has been a wonderful season. First of all, though, my guests for part one, three Fulhamish stalwarts who have all covered all the mediums between them. First of all, a man whose default method of communication is Simpsons memes, it's Farrell Monk. Hello. Hi. I'm, I'm Farrah Monk, who the hell are you? <laughs> Second of all, one of Fulhamish's longest serving writers, a man who regularly consumes the sources, it's Cameron Ramsey. Afternoon, everybody. And finally, one of Fulhamish's original panelists, my good mate, Jack Collins. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's Dom, I'd say, at the back. <laughs> the... That was me with the anthem earlier. Um, Jack. <laughs> Can we do some three-word reviews, please? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Have you got them set up? I do, I do. It's, it makes a change. Normally when we record this, it gets to this point in the podcast and Sammy goes, three-word reviews, and I'm like, can we record that at the end? Because I've completely <laughs> forgotten to do them, but we have done today. Right, uh, on brand, we're going to start with Richard Bamber, Sol hey. Bamber, friend of this podcast. He says, Duffy, forever Fulham. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've got TJ Fogarty with Fox Hunting Holiday, uh, Brian Lake with John Sad again, which I did enjoy, Kira McGinley, King Kearney's Cottage, Andrew Sherman, Craven Cottage Carnival. Good, that. Uh, and I like this from Silly Butty, who really did go on brand with officially Silly Season. Yes. What a game. Um, Farrell, I don't even know where to start. 5-3. Five, five, I mean, it's just a ludicrous game of football. Some woeful defending, some brilliant attacking, kind of from both sides. But ultimately, a big, big positive. We needed a win and we got it. But a bit of a strange, just a strange one. I think we'll look back at fondness in time. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, was, it was crazy. And um, it reminded me a little bit of the last time I think there was a 5-3 result involving Fulham, which was kind of what we thought was a meaningless game in the run to the playoffs in the COVID season against Sheffield Wednesday, when it was kind of a similar circumstances and came away with this crazy result. Uh, today was just remarkable. And, you know, it's actually quite nice for a change that we've done a live podcast and Fulham haven't just lost a drab game. Yep, and this change. part we might need to extend out from 10 minutes because we've got <laughs> so much to cover. Yeah, um, our, our record of doing live shows was a 2-2 draw against Charlton and a 3-1 defeat to Coventry last season. So at least it's nice to uh, talk to you guys uh, in front of a win. Um, Cam, I was sitting with you today. I mean, Fulham going forward were just exceptional. And I actually thought today could have been one of the sixes or sevens. I'll take five. I would have loved it to be nil, but, you know, 5-3, still a, a statement of how far, far Fulham have come to be scoring five in the Premier League. No, some of our attacking play was absolutely unreal, and all of our goals were really well worked as well. Um, <laughs> namely, Williams opener. I have no idea what Everson was doing between the sticks. <laughs> it's not even like he had bodies to cover, you know, or there was an onrushing attacker. There was space and lots of space for him to watch the ball and the flight of it coming over. And it was like David Raya, 
the way he kind of just <laughs> the way he kind of just floated over the actual six yard box and the ball just bubbled nicely into the top corner you know it was such a strange goal but it set the tone really nicely for us you thought they're really not up for this in a game which they have to get something from um and I just had to, it was just so good to see Fulham play with the handbrake off. And obviously, a byproduct of that is we're going to be fallible defensively. And it did come about, obviously, we could see the three goals. If you're Leicester, you'll be so angry coming away, bank holiday Monday, scoring three and still somehow losing. You know, that. <laughs> It 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 boggles the mind. Really, Scoring three it? and missing a penalty and as well. And missing a penalty, <laughs> having that's a bad day. Ha- having two penalties as well. Yeah. And you could say the, the away end was so dejected, wasn't it? All in the second half. Yeah. All in the second half. I mean, shout out to Mickey Adams for almost predicting at the Forever Fulham Award. <laughs> what did he actually say? Because he said, because he said, oh, by the way, for Leicester fans, was when I was Leicester manager, it was Wolves that they lost. They were three nil up at half time and Wolves scored four in the second half and that was a big relegation decider <laughs> as well so but it's nice that Ivan actually cut him off there as yeah. well <laughs> um, Jack I mean just one of those games of football that uh, we'll, we'll go down in, in the ages and, and Fulham played their part we were blistering going forward it looked like every time that we went into the Leicester's half we were going to find a way to score yeah I would argue it's the least serious game of football I've ever watched in my life <laughs> <laughs> like, they use this term in America, people say unserious. And I was like, this is just everything. The only person on the pitch by the end taking things seriously was James Madison, and he looked like he was about to cry. <laughs> so <laughs> we're looking at that and going, what's going on? I've been to Sunday league games with more structure than what we have just seen <laughs> at the cottage today. And it was incredibly enjoyable and had a great time. And I imagine it always is when you're on the kind of top end of those. Not necessarily just in terms of winning, but it just like... If Leicester score three goals in the last five minutes, it'll almost just be funny. No, we're at that point in the season. And like, it doesn't really matter anymore, does it? We're not going up or down. We're just we're just chilling in the middle here. Um, so yeah, there was amazing, some amazing attacking play. I thought Harrison Reed was exceptional. Um, yeah. Just the amount yeah. of ground he covered, but also he spent most of his time in Leicester's half, which is such a rarity, I think, from him. Harry Wilson was brilliant as well. But you just kept seeing the ball, and it would get to Harrison, and he'd look up to see where the man closing him down was. We're like, oh. It's not here. <laughs> this is good. And you just like go on a little wander, a little, a little dribble around. And that was it. You know, th- th- there was so little cohesion in Leicester's midfield. And I was like, okay, what are we going to work with here? And, and, and trying to get things. And Farrell said this to me on the way when we were walking up. He's like, they were like, mm, we've lost the midfield battle in the first half. Let's take a midfielder off. <laughs> that's, that's really where we got to. I was like, mm, I don't think anyone's really doing this. I'm not sure what's going on. And it was like every time Everson got the ball towards the end, he was like, I'm just going to lob it forward and see what happens. I was like, you know what? My work. My work. It feels like that kind of game. But yeah, it was some brilliant stuff. There was some comic stuff. Yeah. yeah and overall, I've had a really good day. <laughs> um, so far. Yeah. Farrell, um, it is uh, the Vinicius tour. Was It was his final date today, uh, ahead of the reunion party next week in Southampton. And he's got another goal. And he played really well again. Um, I don't think it's to the level of Mitro won't get back in the team next week. But, I mean, he, I think he's proven a lot of people wrong in the last few games. Took that goal really, really nicely. It was a great pass from Harry Wilson. But... Yeah, Carlos still had to finish it off. And um, I'm really pleased for him just because he was being really judged on these eight games. It didn't start fantastically, but actually in the end, I think he's been a more than able second striker. I mean, um, it's apt on this weekend that we can call him King Charles the Third, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, 
<laughs> Quite right. I think we're all we're all we're all happy for him. I mean, I think it's taken a long time and a lot of game time and minutes for him to get up to speed for how Fulham play. Um, and yeah, he took his goal so nicely. Mm. Um, Everson probably could have done a bit better for it, but everything leading up to it, his t- uh, the way that he sort of like his movement. Uh, found that space in behind their defence, lovely touch out of his feet and just a really cool finish from Carlos. Yeah. Um, Cam, let's talk TC. (laughs) Two beautiful goals. The third is exceptional. The fourth is the rounding off of a fantastic team move. I thought you could have got the hat trick at one point today. He was sizing up a couple of long range shots. TC at his absolute best and um, a couple of Premier League goals for for the captain. It's very nice to see. Oh, completely. A really, really well taken brace and... We, well, you sat next to me. Um, had to be my best behaviour as well, obviously. <laughs> um, but we, we both said it's a shame that we didn't actually rotate Pereira with TC more often. Yeah. So he can get out and express himself on a more regular basis because the games where he does feature, he glues things together and he is so good at controlling the tempo of the game. And he's obviously, he can't really run very quickly. You know, he's got the... He's got the pace of the Titanic getting away from, <laughs> from impending doom. But, was Dennis, Dennis Pratt the iceberg? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't but, do much else. <laughs> but what he does do, he, he, he's so good at selling his man. And he's so good at just sizing up the opponent and picking the ball up and just, just taking his time with it. And the goals he scored today were just amazing. You know, the timing involved of all of them, or mm. both of them. His first goal, it was a typical Kearney-esque finish where it's just dip inside, but on his right foot as well. You know, that can't go without mentioning. It's just weaker foot and it still flew in like he's been practicing it every single day and it flies in every single time. Yeah. His second goal, though, that really was a beautiful finish. Yeah. You know, and we've already touched on the fact that the goals we scored today were amazing. You know, the craftsmanship involved with all of them was fantastic, but he was obviously picking up a ball on, you know, full tilt. And I know it's not very quick for Tom, but it's still a difficult ball to bring into his stride. Yeah. But the first touch set him perfectly. And the thing is with players, your first touch is important with everything. It sets you apart from Sunday league or making it. Mm. You know, your first touch is the one thing that coaches look for first, you know, setting off. That was extremely difficult for him to execute. And we sat there and we, as soon as it came towards him, we were like, it's in. Like yeah. We were celebrating straight away. And it's so nice to see him get back to playing football with just a smile on his face and enjoying it and not being a secondary piece and actually have a bit of worth in this team because he means so much to all of us. And, you know, the connection he has with Marco Silva and obviously being, you know, the longest serving player alongside Tim Ream as well, he, he just encapsulates everything we're trying to achieve. It hasn't worked out in seasons gone by, but we do like that familiarity and solidarity on the pitch. And he just brings everything in you know, in droves. He's so good to watch. Was anyone else hoping that, I know there was a lot of stuff about Duffy scoring a header. I was hoping- <laughs> That Tom, would have been the perfect hat trick, right? Yeah, it would have been perfect. <laughs> I, I was sitting there going, no, I want Tom Kearney to get a header on it. Get a perfect hat trick. That would have been great. Stop yeah. trying to ruin the fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I like, it's, it's almost though like he saw John Terry on the opposite dugout and was like, <laughs> <laughs> party time again, is it? <laughs> um, Jack, let's just cover this part of the game because I've written, I had to actually write, I rarely write notes for matches. I can generally remember 2-0, two, two goals. That's that's generally can stay up there. But at one point I was like, right, it's like 5-2. I'm going to start actually writing stuff down because I'm going to forget. 
Um, Harvey Barnes making it 4-1. Then there's the Leno penalty save. Then there was William. Then there was a whole Duffy thing. Then it was 5-2. Then 5-3. I'm just like, mind blown. I don't even know where to start. Let's start on the lesser comeback. I mean, I guess it just shows. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, of sorts. We're full of mean complacent. Or was it just actually the fact that Leicester have some very good attacking players and... And they were all on the pitch. Yeah. Because they didn't have a midfield anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. I think also we just made five changes. Like within about three minutes, he was like, right, we're just chucking the bench at this and seeing what happens. And the, all the cohesion went. Now, I'm obviously a huge fan of Shane Duffy's and he's been a wonderful, wonderful servant for, for many people down the club. I didn't mean for Fulham, but okay, fine. Um, like, but he... he Who's your favourite? Duff, Duff, Damien Duff or Shane Duffy? Both. (laughs) (laughs) And that is a genuinely very difficult question that I'd have to think about in far more detail than I'm willing to give credence to right now. Um, See my book. Yeah, see my book for details. But if you, yeah, I think if you you make that many changes and also, you know, Dilp and Tosin have, have very recently formed this bond. This hasn't been something that we've seen the whole season through. So for, to make those changes, and I wonder how much of it was just Richard Hammersmith then demanding that Shane Duffy went onto the pitch. <laughs> Silver's like, I just wasn't going to do that. <laughs> it's like, we're five one up. I might have to. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's an element of, obviously, then there's a bit of uncertainty. There's a little bit of, you know, not the same bounce. And, you know, he's played so few minutes across the course of this season that you can't necessarily expect him to come in and, and do brilliantly straight away. And we saw that and he, he looked rusty, I think is the truth. Not only the, the goal, but I expected Shane Duffy to score when, when that header came to him at the back post. Oh. I've seen him score from so many corners, in, just in green rather than white. And when you, when you kind of look at what those changes meant and how the team kind of then set up, it did just look like we were so massively stretched across the kind of course of it. And... And then, then the game opened up and they had about, they had to go for it, right? So you get to that point. And when Leicester had, had opened out and there was like Tete on one side and also the little skill he does before, um, you know, the second penalty we haven't talked about, but I think it might be quite soft. But the little skill he does to flip-flap Anthony Robinson beforehand was worth a goal on its own. So I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on that one. Just, I think when you have that many pick players on the pitch and they have literally nothing to lose at yeah. that point, yeah, and it opens out like that, it, there's always going to be an element of stretch. And ultimately, after the two goals, it did calm down a little. I think Fulham were like, we probably should try and resume some sort of semblance of structure here because it's got a little bit open yeah. for everybody's liking. So it was what it was. Um, Farrell, Bert Leno uh, saved a penalty. And recently, I, I feel like there's been a bit of chat about how long it's been since Fulham uh, saved a penalty. Anyone here know? Yeah, five years. Brighton away, 2018, since Fulham have last saved a penalty. There has been a penalty miss in that time, but not a penalty save. Who saved it? Best Nelly. Really? Brighton away. Was that the one where we lost like 5 0? No, something? no, no, 2 2 in the Premier League. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been an awful long time coming. And I feel like the rounding off of um, a brilliant season for Bern Leno, he's done so many good saves, so many today. The save in the first half was absolutely incredible. But for him to also then kind of save a penalty, it's been so long since that's happened. Um, I, I think just rounds off what's been one of the signings of the season. Oh, absolutely. And I think there was a tweet in the week that sort of outlined how much money we have to give Arsenal for each sort of like uh, milestone. So I think it was 2 million to start off with and then 3 million if Fulham stay up. So 
Yeah. We're the happiest three million I'm happy for the club to hand over. Um, and then I think it's three million if we stay up next year as well or something along those lines. It's like eight million in total for a keeper of this quality is unreal business. And he's so calm and assured. And there's the amount of times that a shot was coming in, maybe from long distance. I'm already looking at Leno to see what, he, what he's doing because he's anticipating it so well. And he's so comfortable to sort of picking it up or claiming crosses. And I think there was also another thing that I saw that he's got one of the best rates at coming out and clearing up uh, through balls, although one led to a penalty today. So <laughs> let's not talk about that too much. Um, but yeah, what a signing. He's been brilliant. And I think... It's probably the first time in quite some time that we've not had a conversation about which keeper should start over one another, which, you know, if you remember the Betts v. Butts days, it felt like <laughs> it felt like every week we were talking about it. So, you know, long may that subject go away. Yeah. Uh, um, and um, Cam, what did you make of the uh, the Shane Duffy love? I mean, it was almost started as a joke in the stands and then Marco went, that's a great idea, Hammersmith End. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring him on and have some fun. You've got to give the people what they want, really, yeah. haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, he is definitely rusty. And yeah. you throw him on there for good value, really, don't you? He's just in charge of vibes at the club now. Yeah, he's just... Uh, vibe- he's taken the Marcus Bettinelli role into his own hands. He's like, right. I thought Norcott was chief vibes master. Mm, yeah, sure. He just doesn't do it I'm like sure. Shane Duffy does. <laughs> the geezer does his laces up and people are like... Doing his like Duffy's doing his laces. It's like it's just a bloke on the side. He's just a bloke trying to warm up. You know, it is it is funny. It's nice to see him play. You know, he because he's a. If you're going to say like you know he's not a top quality centre half of the Premier League, then you'd be lying because he is he is excellent. You know, he's he's good value for this level as well. I mean, he's quite obviously way out of match practice. It proved for the goal he gave away. He just didn't talk to Leno at all and the communication might have been a bit scrambled but yeah throw him on if it makes people happy you know it's a game that we and it did make us all very it made happy us very very happy and look you know I thought lob him up top you know yeah. give give Vinny a rest he, he put in an amazing shift today Vinny you yeah. know give him a little pat on the back and Get the big boy up If top. you weren't at the game today and someone asked you, what was the highlight of seeing this eight-goal thriller and everyone said, oh, Shane Duffy came yeah. on in the second <laughs> half. People would think like, what? Shane, what Shane weird. Duffy came on, we conceded a penalty and announced him, then yeah. asked him to go in goal. That was the best <laughs> moment that happened the whole day. But, but yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no pelters involved though, is there? No one's going, oh, for fuck's sake, what are you doing, Duffy? Everyone's going, ah, it's all right. It's Shane, in it? It's big Shane. Doesn't matter. He can do what he wants. I think we've, I think we've devoted eight minutes of this 10 minutes uh, analysis of an eight goal thriller uh, with a penalty involved to Shane Two. Duffy. <laughs> Can we talk more about and correct, Shane? And correctly yeah, said. Yeah. Can we talk more about Shane? Yeah. 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 Um, Let's Jack. talk about oh, Shane. Shit, <laughs> I'm going to move it away from Shane Duffy. Sorry. Oh. Well, you've come back to me to move it yeah, away I from have, Shane Duffy. I have. I, have. <laughs> um, I just wanted to mention um, Willian's fifth goal because oh, yeah. it's delicious, isn't it? What a player. I mean, he's keeping Mana Solomon out of this team, rightly so. He is just gorgeous to watch. He's sublime, isn't he? You know, it's <laughs> like every time you watch him, like well, he's just really still, still got it. Hasn't yeah. he? And, and I think this is it. We, you know, we was talking to a, a mate the other day who supports that lot from the, the other side of the Fulham road. And, he was just like, yeah, William would have been our best player this season. And I was like, yeah, no, he, he would, would have been yeah. by a long that's way. That's actually a fact. By a very long <laughs> At way. At first I was like, no, surely not. And then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's actually completely and utterly <laughs> fair enough. Um, so I, I think this is it. And we're, we're talking about a player who, I just his movement and the way that he 
manipulates the ball, the way that he is able to, it's not necessarily sizing up a defender and skinning him in the way that he used to, you know, back in his heyday, back in those Shakhtar days uh, and back at days of the bridge. It's the way that his game intelligence has allowed him to move past that. And we're watching a player here who's at this age and sure, obviously that time at Arsenal didn't work out. But I think if you had this iteration of Willian in any of the top six sides this season, he wouldn't stand out at all, right? As in, he wouldn't he wouldn't look out of place in the slightest, and that's as about as you know high praise as I could give him. There are so many players out there who cost so much money, who, who have you know come in for big fees, and he has come up on a free. He has turned back up to everyone being a bit like, I'm not hundred percent sure why we're doing this, and look, I'd be the first to put my hands up and say it was a little bit of a gamble, right? Especially after that failed season back in Brazil and look, there are extenuating circumstances for that and that's fine. But when you actually look at what he's brought to the table since, and when you look at the fact that there was so little and you, you can look back, go back onto the tweets of, our, of Fulham signing William and look at the <laughs> Arsenal fans in the replies. Like it is really quite something that looking at how, how the kind of, thought process of everyone else and and actually there was a lot of people that in you know in in, in our side of the woods or in, in Fulham colors going well it's a free he's on two grand a week or something this is not a big gamble in terms of what Fulham are putting on the table I think in terms of that kind of value a monetary value and yes we put Leno into this conversation but in terms of value for money find me a better signing this season Gen- genuine find question. me a better signing genuine question did we get lucky with the Williams signing because do we make that signing um, if Harry Wilson and Mana Solomon don't get injured. Well, he was training with the club before that. Yeah. Okay. So that is right. important to know. But it, well, it, it was a bit on the fence as to whether we did. He was training with us and I think we were really umming and ahhing and I think you're right, Farrell. I think it was the injuries that was like, well, we need him. Absolutely. No mm. question. We've got we to have him. And needed him. Yeah. I think yeah, we possibly would have anyway. He was kicking about at Motspur Park anyway, but <laughs> imagine he had to sing for his supper this summer. Yeah. Like he had to literally train with us and, and be a free agent, effectively, a trialist. Um, and, and now he's like absolutely doing bits. Could um, you imagine if we had named him on the stream seat as a trialist? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's a William. He's, um, he's in the car park every day, like Odin Wingy. Just yeah. <laughs> sign me. Um, you and me both, mate. <laughs> Farrell, um, Fulham's league position, you've got to imagine now that top 10 is looking good. Um, six points ahead of uh, that lot down the road. Right. Uh, only two points, only two <laughs> points behind Brentford. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a chance there of, of ninth. Um, but I think it wasn't really about the league position, but it's nice just to get this top 10 solidified, which is sure the, the aim. And I know the players have also been talking about the maximum points record of uh, 53, that Fulham still can eclipse with two more wins, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Yeah, um, it's amazing we're talking about it. And we don't, we've actually been talking about it for months, it feels like, yeah. as well, which is just a comfortable and nice position to be in, much more comfortable than this chair. Um, but uh, like, <laughs> but um, one of the other records I was actually looking up as well was most goals scored in a Premier League season. We're actually two goals away from that. Oh. From, 2004-5 when Andy Cole scored 12 goals scored more goals than Drogba that season just pointing that out there as well um, so yeah that's a great fact well, um, you've redeemed, yeah. you redeemed yourself thanks. <laughs> thanks. I get to stay um, yeah it's just it's just so remarkable there's so many like other little records that we've been breaking you know this year and it's just so nice like the most wins away from home uh, we could also add to that on Saturday which would be nice if you can get there 
today, like another big win where we played really, really well. It didn't feel like a grind against a team that was fighting for survival and it could have been a tricky, tricky test. It's just, it's just nice, isn't it? It's just really, really nice. Um, and Cam, just the, the battle at the bottom. I mean, currently Everton is 3-0 up against Brighton away from home. What? <laughs> it's half time. <laughs> Abdullah Dekoy loves braces. Yeah. Like. Um, I mean, Leicester are in deep, deep shit. They've got Liverpool on Saturday. I mean, I honestly don't care. <laughs> All right. right. And that's the end of part one, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Why have I got to sit here and pretend like I really give a damn about teams which are in a sorry predicament, you know? (laughs) We've all been there. Like, we know what the drudgery is like at the bottom of the table. We're top half in the Premier League, guys. Let them, let, them, let them languish. Let them come to the cottage and get turned over and score three goals and still lose. <laughs> like, that's on you. That's not on us. Like, we, we did our best to help them out today. We gave them two penalties. We gave the ball to Vardy in front of goal about four times. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, lads, do you want this or not? Exactly. <laughs> come on, guys. You've you got it on a plate here, lads. Like, we don't even care. Like, so, yeah, all right, we'll have the three points then. Christ, like, do what you want. We haven't come here to watch Villain win. We have come for Shane Duffy. Yeah. Shane Duffy alone. And you're here for Shane Duffy too. (laughs) Well, that literally will do for uh, part one. Uh, George is going to be answering uh, questions from the audience in part two. So stick around. If you'd like to watch football matches and TV shows which aren't available in your region, or maybe you'd like to save money by purchasing flights from different virtual locations, then we've got an amazing deal with NordVPN where you can get a massively discounted rate plus four free months by heading to nordvpn.com slash Fulhamish. Now, I've been using NordVPN for well over a year now. It comes in very handy very often. Uh, particularly when watching sporting matches using my UK subscriptions when I'm abroad, or you can use it the other way around if you're in the UK and you want to use subscriptions from other countries. A subscription to NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, and you can use one account on up to six devices. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash and you can get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan, plus four additional months all for free. Best of all, it's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So to grab that deal, go to nordvpn.com slash Fulhamish. So hello and welcome back to this uh, very special live recording of the Fulhamish podcast. I'm joined by Jack Kelly. Hello, hello. I'm joined by Zom Betts. Hello, hello. And it is my absolute pleasure to introduce... BBC broadcaster, presenter, producer, Mr. Reese Parkinson, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, Fulham fan. And Fulham fan. fan. Yeah, it would have been a bit weird if we just got you, uh, got you involved anyway. Yeah. Come on, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Come on, come on, come on. Just going to start with um, Jack and Dom. What did you make of that game, eh? I don't really know what I just watched. <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously, I missed you know three goals because you know standard. Um, but, uh, but 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 genuinely, I, I, was, I, was, I was sort of watching it, and then I, I think me and Jack were talking backstage. We we looked at the expected goals, and it was like, if you this is why I know this stat is a load of rubbish because I think it said what Leicester should have won like three one or something. Well, the XG was they were at like three point something. We were at one point something. It was just. Ridiculous. The, I love this. Stats <laughs> being proved to be rubbish. <laughs> the eye test, as always, is uh-huh. the uh, is the main How one. How can you have an eye test if you don't even see any of the game? No, no. 
There's a screen in the concourse. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Reese, mate, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. It's actually, um, I, t- I took my girlfriend to her first Fulham game today. Oh, what a game to kill It's not always like that, by the way. I will point out that. I said that, and there's actually a special bomb because she's, um, she's from Norway. So the first time that I met her parents, I was like, yeah, handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Hangerland. He's weird. He was yeah. like, no, Harlan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, there's a big uh, Norwegian contingent, Fulham fans, the Norwegian yeah. whites. Yeah. Any Norwegian whites here today? No? no. One. 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 Yeah. One. Yeah. One. Fulham fan for life. <laughs> Anyway, so, um, Reese, how did you end up supporting Fulham? Your local lad? Oh, uh, no, not at all. I'm actually from Kent. Uh, yeah, a place called Gravesend in Kent. And um, not like a depressing, sad story, but most people, like, their parents will take them to a game. Mm. Um, well, my mum didn't, to be fair. Um, so uh, I never had a team to support, genuinely. I didn't actually support anyone. It was about, uh, like, seven, eight years ago. Um, one of my mates uh, called Jike took me to a game and I remember walking along like next to the Thames and just being like, A, I want to live here. So if I support the team that I manifested me living here, funny enough, I do actually like 10 minutes away now. Um, but, but, but yeah. And that, and I think it was against Reading like seven, seven, eight years ago. Um, and I got very spoiled because it was the start of that run that we had where it's like something like 22 games just didn't lose. Um, and I was like, oh my, this is what it's like. And then quick, quickly found out um, that, you know, then Ranieri happened and yeah. Normally where you hear a lot of, you know, you support the Fulham because your parents have got you, it's like sort of passed down from generation to generation, much like a sort of, genetic disease, but <laughs> but to hear that someone's walked past Craven Cottage and be like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Just shows what a beautiful club we support. I know, yeah, I'm probably the only one, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's how I end up supporting you. You actually got a uh, very special birthday message. Oh, no, it wasn't a birthday message, because you recently left oh, yeah. uh, your position yeah. at Radio 1 after yeah, yeah. Uh, one extra after a, a long old stint, and uh, I believe the club sorted out a nice little uh, surprise for you. Yes, so I just have a huge man crush on Tom Kenny, don't we all? Um, and it, after begging him on Instagram, just message, you know, when it messages, it was probably in his accept like request file for about three years and finally clicked accept. And then I would say that uh, maybe we're mates, maybe we'd say go that far. Um, but he left me a message on my last radio show. Um, and I was just like, oh! <laughs> um, yeah, it's him, my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you've had yeah. um, the opportunity to do a lot of sort of broadcasting bits at the club. Are there any uh, anything that stands out? Any sort of behind-the-scenes goss that you can tell us? Yeah, so to be fair, I've been very lucky. So uh, I'm sure half of you don't actually know who I am. So I um, worked, uh, worked at Radio 1 Extra and then managed to do a lot of football uh, filming for Match of the Day X, uh, which is like their, their, like their young version of Match of the Day. Um, so did that, and then obviously did a, a lot of filming with the club as well. And rec- I do a show called Jaguars Weekly, which is Mr. Khan's other empire. Um, and doing that, I was recently filming at the cottage, and I found out some interesting information. So I was talking to someone there, a player, um, and 
I was saying to him, like, oh, at the start of the season, like, what was it like when you saw uh, Andreas come in and Paulinho as well? Was it just like, wow, they, these are incredible? And he was like, um, Paulinho, we all looked at each other. We went to the dressing room after like four weeks of him being there and just like, he is awful. <laughs> like that. Oh, wow. I, I, so and I was like no Uh, and he was like honestly he's put it was it was Shane Duffy (laughs) 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 it it wasn't it wasn't but I I was like no way he was like he couldn't pass for anything like he he, the the tackles you see him do now and the interceptions he was just doing none of that Mm. he just looked like a lost lost boy um, and I think it was after uh, preseason and it started off and, and then, yeah, he was like, we, none of us expected that. And I was like, wow. that, that's mental, you know? Um, yeah, it's crazy. Who's, who's been your favorite player that you've uh, had the opportunity to chat with? Anyone sticks out? Um, a- Anthony Robinson was really, really interesting. Cause he, he showed you some magic. <laughs> he, no, he, did, he just got out his piano and just started playing. <laughs> no, he was telling me about, um, cause I talked to him about that move that he was meant to do to a- AC Milan. Mm. Um, and he was genuinely like, as you would be, is heartbroken. He was like, yeah, I was like, I can't lie. I was quite, actually quite depressed. Like at that moment, I'm going from Wigan to Milan, I get there and then it breaks down. Mm. Um, quite similar places to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was interesting. But I mean, I feel like we've got such a great team because from my experience anyway, everyone um, is very down to earth. Like our players um, all seem like human beings, you know, like uh, that's quite a weird thing to say, but they are all just very normal. And I think that's that's the best thing uh, about our team, I feel like. Yeah, this this year especially, there seems to be that camaraderie. They're all playing for each other, even in all the behind the scenes footage stuff that you've been involved with and other stuff. They're, they're like just dicking about basically yeah yeah, <laughs> like yeah sort of school kids like just having a good time you know that you can tell that there's a real bond between the team yeah which literally is, uh, which is great well we're going to do a little thing called uh, Fulham Fives now it's a really quick fire so I'm going to ask you for your favourite Fulham player manager kit worst moment and best moment so we'll start this is all time bit of a nostalgia trip Reese. Okay. okay so we'll start with favourite Fulham player uh, uh, TC it has to be right there you go for manager um, so I've got a four to pick from Slav, Ranieri, Parker, Marco. <laughs> I wonder which three's not picking. Yeah. So I'm going with Parker. No, um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go, it will be Marco clearly, but I'm going to go with Slav. Slav. Only because that run was so special. Like I felt like uh, we really embraced him. Um, and yeah, he, he was great. That was uh, the thing that got you into the club as well. Yeah, so, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, is that really uh, favourite kit? <laughs> You've not, again, God, not got that many to choose No, from. but obviously, having been a fan of football in my life, so I loved the um, bit niche reference, but it, 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 he had the X-Pro gold kit. Oh, it was like, yeah. a, I think, a third... FX um, Pro. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, well, they, yeah, the, yeah. The famous Harrods, where it was like green and gold. Yes, that yeah. One. The and Verdinho brace away at Stoke. There you go. Is that the one? Um, but yeah, I remember thinking, like, yeah, that, that's, that's a stunning. Cool. Worst moment? God, I, th- I think anything Ranieri was, <laughs> was, was... You think Parker's bad? I think Ranieri was worse, personally. At least Parker, you had the streets clips. You had the, you had the, you had the you know, I'm like, you can hate him, I don't mind him. Um, but Ranieri was just like, geezer's so clueless. And, yeah. It, you know. Yeah, the memes were just 
and the Joe Bryan player final with just about the things that made the Palace Arena. Like, yeah. Okay, whatever. the Park Arena, I should say. And uh, best moment, I guess you sort of already answered that. 20, 23, 23 undefeated. Yeah, yeah. Um, beating Villa in a player final. I, um, I, I, was in, I was in prison for that game. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't. I, yeah. I'll, I'll, let me give context. Um, there was a rapper that I was meant to do a DJ set for, yeah. and I'd planned the day to do the DJ set, then go to Wembley. Uh, I had the tickets and everything. Um, and then in his van, um, he brought some things to just to like hedge against anybody doing anything to him. Right. Um, and I'm kind of like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm from Kent. Like, <laughs> we don't do that stuff. Um, so, yeah, the, we get out of the van and, and the police are like, are you with them? And he, the guy kind of looks at me and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to say no to you. So I'm like, of course I'm with them. And he's like, great. Um, so, yeah, we go to the, the jail uh, and they're like, oh, put your hand up if you've committed a crime before. All of them go like this. I'm just like... <laughs> That's when I dropped that I literally support Fulham. Like, you know? <laughs> and then he's like, you're out. No, I did like one night in a cell and yeah. Um, and I had to ask the guard, like, what's the score? Uh, and then he told me and I was like, yeah, great. Yeah. What a mental wow. story. And do you know who the rapper was? It was it. Shade. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that, um, have you heard the rumours that um, Shahid Ojo is this masked rapper? Have you heard of these? Really? Ones? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I saw that. I'm not buying that. You're not? I said, he can't play matching... football, so he can't rap. Uh, <laughs> two aren't intrinsically linked, Dom. Like. They should be, because I've seen him play full of man ranges and he's been terrible for both. <laughs> Maybe he's uh, sort of a bit of future-proofing his career, trying to, trying to you know, do other options. Right, we're going to have some questions now. Um, so I hope you've been thinking. If you do have a question, stick your hand up and I'll, um, I'll come to let you. But we'll, we'll, stick, we'll start with one uh, here which was emailed in. So uh, Tim Miller, is Tim Miller in the audience? Hello. There he is. <laughs> so you're in the audience, but your son Frank. Is Frank there? Frank? Oh, no. Is he is studying, is it? No. It's his best friend's birthday, and it was almost enough to break the friendship. Oh. Uh, that's not an excuse. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's fair. That's, I mean... Is it? Mm, I I actually, that's just, he missed a hell of a, he actually, a, hell of a game. That's it's me talking about home games, so I don't think I'm actually going to speak about this. <laughs> I, once, um, I once missed my nan's 80th birthday party. <laughs> For Huddersfield away last season. <laughs> no, no, to be fair, it depends which Huddersfield away this was, because if it was that Monday night game, you need to reassess. No, it was the it was the 5-1. It was basically oh, like worth it then. first away game back after COVID. That oh. was like, well, you have to be at home for the, you know, the piler and the the the, the party. And I said, <laughs> I'm off to the John Smith. You know, <laughs> it was a great day, though, Jack, wasn't it? It was a brilliant day. And we won 5-1 and I texted my nan and said, look, I'll take you out for a curry to say, uh, to say sorry. I haven't been on that curry yet. <laughs> but gonna, uh, it's, it's, the, it's in the pipeline. I was going to ask, how did uh, Nanny Kelly take it? I think she was a bit annoyed. <laughs> I won't lie. Yeah. But um, to see, was it Andre Frank Zabo and Quisa play at the John Smith Stadium? <laughs> Priceless. We even scored, Cavalero scored a couple of goals. Didn't yeah. We? I mean, that, that day was brilliant. Bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. 
Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, anyway, Tim, I was going to... Um, so you, you said bit left field, but I'd appreciate your input if you think you can help. My son Frank is doing his A-levels and has started to think about university choices. His school said it's a balance weighing up the pros and cons of the location and the university itself in specific course, so on, so on. But Frank has thrown another key criterion into the mix. Which university is best placed for access to both Fulham matches home and away? By way, bit of background, he's studying biology, uh, psychology and PE. He's most likely to do some sort of sports science course. However, I think he would happily switch to anything, including Anglo-Saxon, Norse and Celtic, if it meant he could see more games. Looking forward to seeing you after the Leicester game. So, Tim, I've, I've taken the liberty to answer this question for you. Well, I've, you know, I've tried my best. So, can we, can we get next slide, please, on the monitor? Uh-huh. You've got a map of the UK here. <laughs> So, Dom, he's our designated what, an expert travel expert train network of the UK? <laughs> yes, yes. You're our, you're our uh, national rail representative. Right. right, so I reckon if he wants to go to uni, he needs to get out. So if, he lives, if he's from London, I yeah. assume, uh, I would say either get as close to Birmingham New Street or Manchester Piccadilly as possible. Best routes across the country. Um, especially, obviously, Burnley are going up. Sheffield United are going up. We could have Middlesbrough or Sunderland, you know, going up. So I think Birmingham New Street or Manchester Piccadilly. So you, you know, you're looking at Birmingham or you're looking at, you know, Manchester. I think that's your best bet because, you know, Manchester's only, what, two and a half hours to London. Birmingham's an hour and a half when Avanti can be asked to run their services. Um, <laughs> not even striking just if they, can, if they can be asked. Or even, you know, if they want to put them on sale, maybe more than a week in advance might be helpful. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I reckon, yeah, get out of London. But, yeah, I reckon Birmingham or Manchester is your best bet. Liverpool, no. Um, <laughs> Lime Street's a pain in the arse on a, on a normal day. So, yeah, I reckon, yeah, Liverpool... Birmingham or Manchester, I reckon, is your best bet, especially with potentially four, three northern teams coming up. Got you. I should have consulted you before doing my research because um, I figured half the game is going to be in London, right? So you want to be nearest to London, right? Or Craven Cottage. So I've, I've gone for... Um, next slide, please. Uh, High Wycombe. Uh, <laughs> close proximity to Craven Cottage. And I found a very good course uh, for your son, Frank. Next slide, please. Uh, Buckinghamshire, New University, aviation management with helicopter training, yeah, so he can zip to and from have you, everywhere. Have you done, in yeah, the have country? You, have, you done, have you done Wickham away? I mean, it's not a good idea. Horrible, <laughs> horrible area. Anyway. Oh shit! See, this is why you nap. This is why you talk to me about trains. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Sorry, I can help more, uh, Frank and Tim. Before we do, I've always wondered. I never asked you this. How much every year do you spend on, uh, like, away travel? Uh, you don't want to know. Um, <laughs> too much. In, including international no, I games. Don't, see, I don't, know, I don't know how much I spend, but I know last year I got on 31 flights. Um, <laughs> but I know, but then someone in the office was like, how did you get 31? Why is there an odd number? <laughs> so I got to fly up to Glasgow and got the train back. Um, but no, yeah, I, I know it was 31 flights last year. Uh, well, it's basically whatever I earn, basically. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's a very simple calculation. Like, I think, I think, yeah, I think. Yeah, 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 and that, yeah. But I think, I think last, I think last, yeah, last week in Hong Kong was the first non-footballing holiday I've done since 2016. There you go. Have you got you, you got a girlfriend? No, of course not. <laughs> 
Unless she's interested in more away for five nights next month, I'm not yeah. interested. <laughs> I'm like, I need to learn how you date. Yeah. Have you seen the transformation Don Betts started doing this podcast? Started off as sort of like concourse. He started off as left wing and then he's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the natural progression. Concourse sort of like away day lad. And now he's a sort of like Michael Palin-esque sort of travel writer. He's like travelling around everywhere. Like, you see his Instagram, he's like, another one of the world ticked off. Yeah, it's three out of eight, I think. Three out of eight. Anyway, most people like sick off the grounds of the uh, the country. I'll do that as well. But you know, I've already done that. If the one, that's why I'm looking forward to the World, the world Cup. Yeah, it's another one. Chichen Itza, job done. Okay. Let's move on to some questions. Anyone? Uh, anyone got some questions? Yes, gentlemen. There we go. Does Mitro go straight back into the team? Jack, what do you reckon? Oh. Um, I think that Mitro should come back in the team. I mean, there really is an option. There really isn't a, a scenario where we could go to Manchester United on the last day of the season and they could be on the brink of Champions League football, but we could deny them Champions League football. Um, yeah. And given the nonsense that happened in the FA Cup, yeah. it would be poetic justice. Well, I mean, in some eyes, in our eyes. Um, it, that uh, we could, we could, where well, he could have a big say. But you ask about Southampton, yeah, he should come back in and, and get ready for that final day. And uh, I think a, a lot of people just want to see Mitro score before the end of the season. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think we should put him in. Yeah. Dom Reese, agree? Dom? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I know Vinicius, you can technically argue he scored more goals since the start of February than Mitro has, but I would love genuinely nothing more than him to stop them getting Champions League. Uh, the only negative of that is Liverpool getting, but. After, just, for, just, for the, just for the moment of that at Old Trafford on the last game of the season, considering I've got to go there three times this season, it would be quite nice. Well, how do you reckon um, Fulham fans will look back at this sort of Vinicius little tour? I've got a mate who says he's the worst striker who's ever played with Fulham. I was like, did you not see Eddie Johnson or Shevki Kucci play for us? Kucci. Orlando Star as well, I remember. Yeah, well, no, he scored that goal away at Norwich, so... Yeah. But oh, yeah, no, I think I think I said what what we've seen in the last sort of three or four games, I think, showed that he has he has been an adequate backup. But what I really wanted before he scored that goal away to Brentford, I wanted his only goal for Fulham to be that winner against Chelsea. I think it'd be it'd have been so poetically beautiful that it'd been magic. But you know, I think Mitchell has to come straight back in, just because, you know, I think he's he's raring to go. You know, because I don't I think ever since he came back from the World Cup. Um, I was, we, we were watching him in, in that mental game against Cameroon together, but since then he's not even not really looked fit. Really, I think that I think that United game was bar Leicester the only goal he scored since the World Cup. So and it, and it looked like he was just getting back to what his best was, and then obviously yeah, Chris Cavanaugh decided to send him off after grabbing his arm. Obviously, it's not like Liverpool have done that every week for the last two months. <laughs> so I think yeah, I think he's going to be raring to come back, and I think he's going to be looking to prove a point. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mitro comes back in. It'd be, it'd be a real sort of like bum note if he didn't. Imagine when the lineup comes up, like, Mitro's back, come on, yeah. And oh, like, Dan what? James up front, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, any more questions from the audience? Yes, Elizabeth. Uh, can we have a word on what happened at Exeter City yesterday? Can we have a word on what happened next to City? Yeah, I, I was hoping Stanford would be up front for us today. Mm. Yeah. But, but in a serious question, like, obviously his loan, they're not in the playoffs, so he's obviously been coming back to us. Do you think he should be like be in, integrated into the squad? Yeah, hundred percent. For the last few games, for the last few games, uh, he's able to do that. Yeah, why not? He did it at the start of the season, and I thought he he was playing out wide in some stage, and I thought he looks all right. But I said, yeah, uh, what Stansfield has done at Exeter, not even just 
from obviously what uh, obviously what happened to uh, his father, but just in general, he's he's been scoring goals, and we didn't know whether Vinicius will see. He's he's done well. He scored a few goals, but I said I think Stansfield should be part of the squad next season because I only I. The way he was playing at the start of the season and being integrated into the teams, I only th- I think the only club he would have ever gone alone to would have been Exeter. I think apart from that, he would have stayed and I think he would have made an impact, especially with some of the injuries we've got this season when we've seen him play at wide and play through the middle. So, yeah, well done to Jay Stansford. He's done exceptionally well. And I think a good point to make about him is he spent, I uh, don't know if it's, if it's true, I've just read what I saw on Twitter, but he spent, you know, over an hour, nearly two hours, signing players, signing yeah. fan shirts, signing autographs. And I think it shows the character of him. And I think, yeah, for the last few games of the season, whether he plays or not, I think integrating him into the starting sort of squad, being on the bench and stuff. Like, to be honest, I know Vinicius has done well, but if we're bringing a player off the bench, for example, who comes on for Mitrovic because he's not necessarily matched it, I'd much rather it be Jay Stansfield, just to show him that he has got a part to play at this football club. Yeah, agreed. Um, he showed his versatility in a variety of attacking positions as well, Exeter. So, yeah, absolutely uh, top notch. Well done, Jay. Hope we see him again. Uh, yes, uh, with the necklace. Uh, long term, Diop and Tosin, happy with that? Or look for other options? Will Diop and Tosin be long term or do we need to get reinforcements? I feel like we got a lot of... Um, I, th- uh, I think Sammy might mentioned it earlier after, or maybe when we were talking backstage, about kind of the tweets from William that everyone, Arsenal fans were kind of mugging us off. I feel like that's the same thing that West Ham fans were doing us with Diop, you know? Um, and then he, the Crawley game, then you're like, oh, they're actually, they're actually right. Um, I, I, I think he's actually a lot more, I've, I find him more comfortable on the ball than Tosin. Um, I think he's had, he, he's had a good year, uh, but I wouldn't say going forward, would I be sad if you left? Like, uh, I'm happy to get a replacement. I feel like I'm more comfortable with Ream there, which I did. I, to be fair, didn't think I'd say, but I actually am. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think that partnership's not a long-term thing, to be honest. And one more question, I think. Uh, yes, in the Leeds shirt. Uh, sorry, not Leeds. That's Wales. What am I talking about? Oh, come on, Leeds. <laughs> Ooh, how close do you reckon Luke Harris is to getting a start? Jack? I, I think I'd love to see it. However, there is another target we're going for this season, which is to point, um, break that points tally that we've had in the Premier League, um, which was, was it 52, 53? And we're on 50, 48 now. So the priority is to, to, do, uh, to get that. Therefore, I don't necessarily see him starting a game this season, unfortunately. But he's done brilliantly in the unders this this season. In fact, the whole unders have been fantastic. I feel like it's a generic Premier League problem in... Yeah. There's so many teams who have good academies now. If you look, even look at Arsenal, if Arsenal were in the state they were last season, the likes of Follin Balogun and Charlie Patina would not be leaving to leave the club. But now they're pushing higher. They're not looking towards their youth players. And we can have this academy that's produced talents, but Dembele didn't get anything for. Mm. Roberts didn't get anything for. You look at Rob... Roberts is probably the best youth sale we've made Cessnion as well but we've not apart from Cessnion and Carvalho we've not really seen any of them make an impact on the first team Elliot uh, uh, yeah but he played one game two games oh right yeah you look at and so I think but I don't think it's a Fulham issue I think it's a Premier League wide issue that you can have a good academy but you're still going to be prioritising your first team and where that's going to go yeah. and I th- Luke Harris is clearly the best talent in the youth academy at the present time we've seen him sort of on the bench or we've seen him playing sort of League Cup or FA Cup games. So 
And it's and it's like usually you would sort of see him if Pereira was injured, you were hoping to see Lucas, but when it's Tom Kearney, you're sort of yeah, just play Tom Kearney because vibes. Yeah. <laughs> but like but like yeah, I think Luke Harris Luke Harris is clearly is clearly got the ability. I, I don't remember what game. I remember it being earlier on in the season where it may have been Leeds, I can't quite remember, but I just remember seeing completely body someone off the ball, run past few players and play a good pass. And I th- Luke Harris has obviously definitely got the ability, but said as I said, I think it's just there's there is a league wider issue in bridging the gap between doing so well at youth level, mm. which we have this season, and getting them into the first team. But I said it's because you you look at players coming in, you know, in pre-season, but I don't think that really means much because I remember seeing Idris Odatayo coming in um, at the, the Algarve games and then he's not had a he's look. He's maidenhead. Yeah, he's at maidenhead now. So I think it, it's so hard to sort of find, especially in an area like the number 10 position where you've got Prolella and Kearney. So... Yeah. But yeah, I, I would love nothing more to see Luke Har- Luke Harris do quite well. Um, and I, I, it's there's nothing more there's nothing more that as a football fan you want to see than a player yeah. coming from your academy and making an impact in your first team. Yeah, well, he's got a bright future, and this hope we see him uh, see him soon. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I would love to now. Like, how often do you, in Premier League football do you get the opportunity just to try things out? And it is a shame we've got that sort of milestone that we want to overcome, which is why we saw a full strength team today, right? Mm. But yeah, anyway, I hope to see him soon. Uh, sorry, can we get next slide, please? I just realised I've got the... Um, <laughs> yeah, perfect, thank you. Uh-huh. Um, thank you all so much for your questions. Um, we're going to finish off... I just thought it nice to reflect on how incredible this season has been. We've just... I don't think any... Well, certainly I didn't. Nobody expected us to get to where we are. Looks like we're going to be top half, finishing ahead of that lot under the road we beat them at home like we've missed some really really big moments this year so I just wanted to go through our panel and uh, ask what has been your favourite moment of the season so uh, we'll start with you Dom I was going to make a joke about leaving 3-0 uh, to wait to Benfica in a pre-season friendly to go back to the pub but um, <laughs> no I would I'll, I'll genuinely think I don't know it's weird because like away game of the season I would say Forest, just because it was the first away game of the season scoring three goals in five minutes was just mental but I think in regard to the actual moment, I'm probably going to go with Solomon's goal away to Brighton, just because we genuinely deserved absolutely nothing from that game of football. <laughs> and then next thing, I, we, I, I was sort of towards, yeah, right towards the goal, towards the right-hand side. I was like, oh, he's, he's, the ball came to Solomon, so he's not scoring it. And absolutely whacks it, and it goes into the far post. And I think because of the form we were on at that time, we were like, oh, we could actually genuinely make Europe. And I think just the... The feeling at that time to do the double over Brighton, just another team sort of in and around us. And we all seem to get the better of them in the Premier League anyway, not in the Championship as us. But yeah, I think, yeah, in regard to like an actual moment of the season, I think it's got to be that Solomon goal away to Brighton. Because just because it was just a perfect away game, deserving absolutely nothing and coming away to three points. Smash and grab. Jack, what about you? Yeah, I mean, the Solomon one is the standout, obviously, but to... To add a bit of variety, I think when we went into the World Cup, we were only six points above the relegation zone, so I was a little bit worried. Um, we're going in after two defeats to both Manchester clubs. Um, so going to Crystal Palace on Boxing Day was uh, was very nice because you know, with an outside concourse, when you're queuing up for pints, you're thinking if this rains, it's going to be horrible. But um, but the also, sun also, also the every view in that away end is terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> My brother's a Palace fan, so the whole Christmas day he was giving me pelters, like, oh, you're going to beat, we're going to beat you, blah, blah, blah. We literally thrashed you 3-0. Like, we wiped the floor of you, albeit two red cards and stuff. But um, it was great. And, um, 
we had good pre-drinks. We got a lift to the ground for my dad. Like the whole day was just great. Good. You have to factor that in. Yeah, and then obviously, yeah, yeah. No, to be fair, I did enjoy my mate saying, "Oh yeah, we shrank on our local and we've got a cab twenty minutes." Because <laughs> me and Jack, we pretty much what live equidistant from Craven Cottage to yeah. South Park. Oh yeah, pretty much. I, no, was, I think it's like five miles each way. The, I mean, the game was good. And then um, on the way home. Has some really nice chicken wings. Oh, like, come on, mate. Like, no, I'm, I'm just saying, like, the whole day was really good. <laughs> when in, when, in, when, when in South London. I actually got it for my local, would you believe it? Just around the corner. Um, but it does the actual game. Ream scored. Bobby D. Cordova Reed scored. I mean, the whole thing was great. Who scored the third? Mitrovic. Couple of red cards. And I went home and, and my brother James, obviously a Palace fan. Yeah, yeah. Like 24 hours before he was giving me pelters, and Happy I was like, days. we've literally just wiped the floor of you. We've had some very memorable and we haven't looked back days. That, that's, the, that's the point. Yeah. Reese, what about you, mate? There's a nothing about football. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, went out and then great <laughs> pub next to the thing. The fact that, the fact train that, <laughs> the fact that Fulham were playing were just completely coincidental. Yeah, apart right? yeah, yeah, from that, two inconvenience in our days, they were, they were, they were quite good moments. Right? <laughs> um, mine's quite a generic answer, but uh, it generally was the Chelsea game. Yeah. When the DM, like, yeah. Yeah, generally, like, very cliche, but I think more is like a like on a, like little dude there. Like I don't actually know how you go to school as a Fulham fan because I've almost been blessed being a fan later in my life because yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone's Arsenal, United, Chelsea. You, you like the fact that you haven't been bullied is incredible because <laughs> it it's like and that game which you must have walked into school just like <laughs> like. Must have been in- incredible, like because it, it was amazing on my group chat. But to be at school and you do that, like, ah, oh, that was incredible. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know who mine was? Brentford. I met Dennis Adore in the concourse today at half time. Dennis I said to her, I was like, mate, we're doing a live show at the Half Moon. If if you came, it would bring the house down. And he gave me a very polite, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, you know, thanks, but no thanks. don't buy a ticket, don't win the lottery, do you? <laughs> but thank you to my fantastic guest, Don Betts. Thank you very much. Pleasure as always, mate. Thank you very much, Jack Kelly. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Thank you, Reese Parkinson. Uh, Mist will be back on Thursday where Sammy and Jack will be previewing the game against Southampton. Plus, they'll be doing a live version of This Will Catch On recorded here at the Half Moon Party. Thanks to everyone here for coming. Come on, you white. Right.